0: blog talk radio another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Here on Technology Showcase, we introduce you to innovators, entrepreneurs, and highly skilled individuals in the IT industry. I'm Dave Blackman, co-founder of Technology Expresso. You can find us on the Internet at technologyexpresso.com. There you'll find our Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn hashtags, as well as our contact information for us here at Blog Talk Radio. Today, we are joined by Mr. Michael. Welcome, White of We Engage Marketing. But before we get to that interview, I have to give a couple of shout-outs to some individuals and some thank-yous and some congratulations. Specifically to BDPA Atlanta Chapter and Next Level Technologies for putting together a great event Thursday evening. It was the annual Minority IT Executive Forum. So I got to give congratulations to Ms. Felicia Jones of uh, President BDPA Atlanta Chapter President, as well as Vice Presidents Derek Brown, uh, Jacqueline Sanders, Tarnesia Williams, and Mr. John Phillips. Thank you, guys, and congratulations for putting on a great event. Keynote speaker was Mr. David Stewart of Worldwide Technologies, and I'd like to give a thank you to him, as well as the panelists, Mr. Cranville Jones, Greg Morrison, Michael Noel, Mr. Mike Williams, and Terry Wharton, who were the panelists, and they uh, came in from all corners of the country to attend this event, and we like to uh, give out a special thank you to you for making that event happen. They lay they they help raise a lot of funds for the student program that's run by uh, Ms. Josephine Reed, and I know she's very appreciative of that. So. Thank you all, and congratulations to everyone for putting together a great event. Now, back to our show. As I mentioned, Mr. Michael Buffenwhite is with us of We Engage Marketing.
1: From someone Michael, are you... I am there. Hey, David. Uh, Thank you so much for allowing me to come on your show. Uh, And I I was listening to you talk about the BDPA event, and I I heard somebody else tell me that it was a great event, and I hate that I missed it because of some of those folks that you mentioned on the panel that I know, and I know there are a number of people who are involved in BDPA, and what a great cause. But, I mean, the content had to be so strong. I I I really wish I would have been there. It sounded so exciting.
0: Yes, it was. As a matter of fact, Michael, I I feel that same sentiment because I was not there either, so I have to fess up and say that. It sounded as if I was. I know it did. (laughs) No, you described it beautifully. (laughs) I'll tell you this much. I will be there next year.
1: Yeah, I I want to be there as well. I'll make it my (laughs) business to be there. It sounded
0: like a grand event. Yes, that's an annual event there, so um, I look forward to uh, next year. So... Let's get to you, and We Engage Marketing. As I mentioned earlier, I, I want to thank you for allowing me to interview you and pick your brain here. Um, you've always been a great friend, and I've always liked, uh, enjoyed watching you arrive here in the Atlanta area. Um, how, did, how did you and your team come up with the name We Engage Marketing, and and how does it represent the brand that you're establishing?
1: Well, thanks for asking that question, and thank you again, David. And the feeling is mutual uh, as it pertains to our friendship, and um, it's it's great to see you and where you are, and I'm looking forward to uh, so much more and a lot of exciting things happening for you. Uh, we engage marketing. It's a little bit of uh, circumstance and w- the way I wanted to, we wanted to align the brand. We engage, that phrase right there is probably the most important component of We Engage Marketing. Because I believe when you're talking about doing business in today's world and when you're talking about technology, technology and presenting technology can be a little bit cold, can be a little bit uh, depending on the gadget or the widget or the service that's being presented. And I really believe people – Uh, Very few people truly buy uh, a a widget. They buy an experience. They Mm -hmm. buy a brand. They buy something that they can engage in. And unless your technology just blows the cover off of the ball and speaks totally for itself, you have to, particularly in a B2B world, You have to engage your customer. You have to engage your prospect. And that has to be not just I'm talking to you or at you, but we are engaged in a discussion. So the we engage component uh, is clearly related to my philosophy about having to engage within a conversation, within uh, within a discussion, with the prospects and customers that you have in order to get them across the goal line to share the good news about the product or service that you're trying to sell them. The marketing component is, that's kind of my background and where I've, where I've come from. Marketing is, I believe, what allows a business to accelerate to another level. Because when you look at communication, when you look at uh, creating an opportunity for a discussion, I believe that is marketing slash communication. So when you look at it from that perspective, that's why we Engage Marketing came together. From a practical standpoint, I would have loved, because I do uh, not just marketing, but also uh, with our company we do uh, business strategies. But when you look at it from a practical standpoint, if you a lot of my background and, uh, and the company's background is in SEO, search engine optimization, mm-hmm. you really should have a company name that when people say it they know exactly what you do and also when they are pulling you up in a search criteria that they're able to understand what you do and the search engines like when your url correlates to what your content delivers on and so when you have marketing in it it does create a better balance for you rising up to the up the ranks with uh the search engines and so we engage marketing. Uh, I, ideally, as a, as a marketer, you want your URL, URL to be as short as possible. But the reality mm-hmm. is, in this day and age, all those short URLs are either taken, or taken and on the block for sale at an unreasonable mm-hmm. price. So mm-hmm. you know, I had to come up with something that was good for an SEO benefit. It's a long URL, which I could, I, I would prefer not to have but I wanted to make sure there's SEO value and that it spoke to the principles of what we do.
0: Understood, understood. Well, you've done a great job with it, and uh, I commemorate you on coming up with this very creative. And uh, that word itself, engage, I, that's been a part of my vocabulary for so long, and I've been using it a lot the past year. That's as long, along with collaboration and communication. I think those three phrases and words themselves are uh, resound so much with uh, today's um, technology and marketing and uh, communications altogether. So thank you and congratulations again. Uh, moving thank on, you. I'd like to ask, thank you.
1: Um,
0: I'd like to ask um, what role of marketing for the entrepreneur, uh, specifically for the B2B community, um, how does that come together?
1: Yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, technology companies It's a good question, David, because technology companies, and you, you you may pick a little bit of this based on how I answered the previous question, but I believe, we believe that we engage marketing that technology companies really get started, most of them, because they believe that they're, and usually it's true, those that survive, they have a product or service that fills a very direct and explosive need within the marketplace they believe that their technology their service their product speaks for itself and i believe that technology companies in general in general have a kind of a pro, an approach where i'm going to go into the market and i am successful because of my product because of my service and or the, uh, the networking of the founders of that particular company or organization. So when they've grown, they've grown on the backs of that brand equity that the, st- the founders have, those entrepreneurs have, and that they've mm-hmm. caught fire within the marketplace. The challenge comes in when you look at it on the other end of their initial success, they start to flatline, the growth starts to flatline. Because almost inevitably, because they relied on the networking of the founders, the value that the marketplace reacts to in the technology product or service is something that happens. It just happens. And marketing is almost, particularly in the technology field, is almost always neglected. And because it's neglected uh, and, and very reactionary, When it comes to increasing your growth after your initial success, Mm -hmm. then they start thinking about marketing, or it takes them a while to come around to that so they can get back to the growth path that they've experienced, whether that's double-digit growth, 50% year-over-year growth. When that starts to wane, they start looking around, okay, what do we do? We have the same products. We have the same services. Oh, the technology is still great. And, well, it's been built on the backs of the founder. And if you're trying to explode your business and grow beyond – the initial stages when you talk about like a $5 million annual revenue stage or $2 million, even a million dollars in annual revenue stage when you're talking about entrepreneurs, it, you've gotten to that level because of those reasons. But marketing has typically typically been neglected, and people are, companies are react, reacting to creating marketing. So I've got a big presentation. Hey, marketing person, which is somebody who doesn't think strategically necessarily, uh, that marketing person is like, uh, okay you know i I want you to put together a PowerPoint presentation, okay, so that junior marketing person who then oh by the way, eventually becomes the director of marketing in a company with that and that's the only place they've ever done marketing usually uh is starts to have to put together a quick Powerpoint presentation oh okay, great, and so it serves the purpose of that event, but it's a reaction to that event. oh, we need a website we we haven't updated it in in three years or five years. Uh, can you go ahead and learn how to do some HTML and uh, do some design and move some things around? And Mm -hmm. it's a reaction to something. Uh, Or, hmm, you know, we need to do some PR. The founder says, she or he says, we need to do some PR. All right, so they go out and they do some PR. It's always a reaction versus a very proactive approach Mm -hmm. to their strategy for marketing making sure that it aligns with the business strategy. That's that's what we really do at We Engage Marketing is we we really help CEOs and business leaders um, and entrepreneurs, CMOs, really, usually of technology companies but not always the case, um, B2B technology companies to align their marketing strategy, if they have one, with their business mm-hmm. strategy. And if they don't have a marketing strategy, help them build that marketing strategy and guide them through the implementation of that. But make sure that it always aligns to the business strategy. And in some cases, I've even encountered that there's not a cohesive business strategy. So sometimes we have to help them, guide them mm-hmm. through that business strategy process. Does that
0: make sense? That makes perfectly good sense, Michael. I know uh, your clients are really appreciative for uh uh, what you at uh, WeEngage has been able to bring to the table and help them align their marketing strategy and their business approach. Uh, I, if, if I was a business, I'd appreciate it. I know I would. Uh, what, what was your What was your motivation to become uh, a, a part of WeEngage or to uh, uh, to help create that company? What What drove you um, to that area?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I think every entrepreneur, or soon-to-be entrepreneur, or um, thinking about being an entrepreneur, and even those who are in corporations that want to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's there's a there's a certain mindset that an entrepreneur has to have, and with the team that we have, we engage marketing. There's an entrepreneurial mindset, and so starting. Uh, we engage marketing and and, in creating it and shaping the brand, it really was a motivation where I said to myself, and and I think others would agree, that there's something more there. And I've been in a number of executive roles uh, with corporations, and I've been around the block a while, particularly in the telecom and and I know that's a lot of your background too, David, in telecom and technology space, but even also in the in the um, in the in the media space. I used to work with uh, weather.com, Weather. dot com, the Weather Channel, and uh, also UPS Interactive. But you know, the I felt a I felt personally that I could be doing more. And while I think I had a and ha- have a, had a great career in corporate America specifically and played the game well, because it is a game, right? You know, you got to work hard, but there's also a game to the success that you need to achieve. And I really felt like even though I achieved a great deal of success and could continue down that path, that I just wanted more. And because it's you and, and nobody else listening, I'll say, David, um, I'm just joking, but <laughs> – uh, I would say that, you know, it's a, and, and reveal this to this audience that it's a way, I believe, to create wealth that is something that I'm able to pass down from generation to generation. And while corporate America is good and provides a great living and provided my family with a great deal of. Uh, opportunity from a financial standpoint, and many people in corporate America who have gone through the ranks and reached the pinnacle of those ranks can develop wealth based on their equity plays. And it's not to say that I didn't. Uh, I did. But I just felt like that if I wanted to achieve more for for my kids and build a legacy for my family – that the entrepreneurial route was the best way to go. So I needed to partner with the right people, uh, make sure that it's the right opportunity, and kind of proceed forward to develop that opportunity for wealth building. Well,
0: thanks, Michael. Thanks for sharing that insight with us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is Mr. Michael, <coughs> excuse me, Mr. Michael Buckham White of We Engage um <clears throat> marketing and I'd like to thank him here uh, for sharing his insight and his entrepreneurial uh, spirit. Um I I referenced him earlier, everyone, as one of the young lions uh in the industry, but I do have to caveat that and say he comes with a wealth of knowledge of and experience that has been backed by a, you know his role models, his mentors and those who inspire Inspired him to, uh, uh, to become an entrepreneur and go out on the face of knowledge and the experience that he's, uh, he's learned. Michael, uh, who have been your mentors and who inspired you to, uh, to go out and take this leap and, and continue
1: on this mercurial path that you're on? Well, you know, David, that's that's an easy and a hard question to answer uh, for a number of reasons, but um, it's easy because I have some actual mentors right now uh, that I tap into, some officially, some unofficially, uh, And but what makes it hard is that there have been many people who have helped me along the way, whether that's Uh, a temporary mentor or a long-term mentor who has really kind of been that shoulder, that confidant. And so I'll answer it in two parts if that's okay, David. Yes. And so when when I look at um, mentors along the way, there have been different times in my life where I've needed someone to believe in me.
0: And
1: when I didn't believe as much in in myself, there was this teacher at a community college that I went to. I had a good time in college, folks. So I I, I attended a number of schools, and it took me six years to get through my undergraduate, and then I got my master's degree later on. So I had a great time. I'd like to say that it was all for the educational benefit, for my intellectual development, but some of it was uh, very, very social. But anyway... Um, I, I was in. I was taking this one class during the summer months in New York at, at a community college, and there was this professor of history, who uh, you know, this is right in between where I was kind of having too much of a good time and trying to uh, get my credits together, and mm-hmm. you know, it's sad to say I don't really exactly remember this man's name. But he said to me near the end of the course, because I, was, I love history and I was very engaged and involved in the course, he said to me, you know what, Michael, you're going to do great things. And the sincerity in which he said it really lifted me up and it filled me up and it gave me the assurance that somebody sees something in me that is greater than I see in myself right now. And while I had experienced that prior to that point, and and I think you need somebody other than your parents, right? You know, most parents do a good job of kind of insulating you and patting you on the back. But sometimes that validation outside of your parental structure is something that kind of, you know, I know this person doesn't love me as like my parents do, and they don't have to say nice things to me. And and this professor, and, and I really owe it to this professor and myself to remember his name, but he, but I only had one class with him and only knew him for two months. It, it was, it was profound for me. And I think I, I wouldn't call him a formal mentor, but I would call him an informal mentor, who was able to really lift my spirit. So now, I'll And so there have been many people along the way like that. But that that I wanted to share that story, because that really changed. That really kind of changed my trajectory in college life. And then I would say that there have been a number of other people along the way. There's somebody who I worked with who uh, at the Weather Channel and led the news and radio division there, Harold Lewis, who is now an associate dean at Gazeta Business School at Emory University. Mm-hmm. And he was extremely helpful for me uh, as I was going through a transition in my career uh, where I needed to really kind of step up and figure out what my next moves were going to be, and then I opportunities came to me, and I needed somebody to bounce that off of and Harold has been a great advocate for me along the way, and i haven't probably haven't tapped into him as much as I need to, but i ha uh, but when I have he's been a great role model for me, a great mentor to kind of give me a perspective that is filled with wisdom, filled with experience, and can really help me diagnose what I need to be doing. So that's Harold Lewis. And I'll mention two other people. And, uh, you know, one is a gentleman by the name of David Segura. He is an entrepreneur, uh, an entrepreneur, and he is the CEO and founder of Vision IT. Some of you who are listening... Will be familiar with David Segura. He's uh, this man. He, he lives in he lives in Detroit, Michigan, and founded his company there, and has been in business for probably I think maybe fifteen years or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less. But Vision IT is a major player in the IT services area, and David, we're talking about a company of hundreds of you know hundreds of millions of dollars and, um, you know, clients that that would be who's who. And so David has been there and done that, and he started by himself. And he has been a great, um, great advocate for me and a great mentor for me from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Now, the other person I'll mention is a gentleman by the name of Darrell Freeman. And Daryl is uh, an entrepreneur as well. He's based out of Nashville, and mm-hmm. Daryl is an entrepreneur. Started his own company. Uh, has been, you know, he's a philanthropist. He's the chairman of Zycon Incorporated out of Nashville. And I and I he I I haven't asked him to be my formal mentor, but he is a mentor of mine. You know why? He's he's my Kick me in the pants, mentor. I was a I corporate understand. America afraid. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, I do. All motivation he, doesn't have to be all flowery. Sometimes you need a good kick in the pants, and uh, and it sounds like he's <laughs> he, he's yours.
1: Yes, he is. You know he he he's got he's he's got a unique take on life. He's um uh, he's a uh, He's a guy who's clearly had a great deal of success, and uh, he's also he's done. He's a philanthropist. He does a number of things. And he's a pilot. He flies everywhere he goes with himself, you know. And so he he lives a pretty cool life, but he's worked really hard for that. And Darrell is one of these folks who is all about entrepreneurship and encouraging entrepreneurship. So you know, he he founded his company many many years ago, and he gave up a lot of the trappings. Of life that we would love to have, right? And sacrificed a lot to he he and his family in order for him to build this multi-million-dollar business, um, and it was a great has a great deal of success. He's also a banker. I mean, I mean, this guy has done so many different things. But what he does, what's great is he challenges me, and I, I've seen him do it to other people. Challenges me to get past my fear. And because we all have fear, right? And it's a matter of what we do with that fear and how we, you know, bottle it up and then take advantage of it but not allow it to ground us. Um, And when I say ground us, using his metaphor for flight, not keep us on the ground when what we have is the ability to soar. And so he's not saying be callous. He's not saying don't think it through. But don't let your fears get in the way of the success that you believe you can achieve. And he's famous for saying, because most of the people I meet are smarter than me, but I did it. And mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with making sure that I, you know, you're kicking yourself in the pants. So I would say that those are three people, Harold Lewis, of Guzgueta Business School, Associate Dean of Guzgueta Business School, um, David Segura of Vision IT, and Daryl Freeman of Zycrime. So I say all that to say that you can have formal and informal mentors, people you actually ask to be your mentor. Uh, some people that you might, those of you who work in corporations, ask people within your corporation to be your mentor. Uh, but then there are also these a lot of informal people that you can tap into. And in some cases, one thing I would recommend for some people that I think this works is have your own personal board of directors. People who can, you can bring together from time to time, who can give you feedback on your direction and where you're going, much like a board of directors for a business would would have. hmm Mhm.
0: That's that's a very interesting take on it, to have your own board of directors. That's very interesting. Yep. And, and I'm sure that uh all of those individuals that you mentioned as well as the gen- some that uh uh remain nameless, those the inspirations in your life, and your career, um uh will be very proud of your success and so I congr- congratulate you on your rise and um and and I know it was good to show your appreciation uh, to those individuals that motivated you and inspired you you're You're also michael a member of a forum uh that that we uh re engaged each other at the um i t <laughs> management forum um What's your role uh, there with them, and could you speak a little about what they do?
1: Yeah, so ITSMF, uh, Information Technologies it stands for Information Technology Senior Management Forum. So ITSMF, we also call it short for it, It's My Family. So ITSMF, It's My Family. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an organization. Say again. Um,
0: you were you were uh, saying just, Oh no, I wasn't saying anything. That was uh, pretty catchy.
1: <laughs> good good it's developed over a period of time uh it is a uh an organization of technology executives people at the director level or higher um and in some depending on the size of the company um major companies from companies like Procter and Gamble from you know uh people like we engage marketing you know, a, a number of uh organizations you know, Hewlett Packard, you name it. I mean, Bank of America, uh, you know, even governmental, you know, City of Charlotte, um, Education System of Pittsburgh, all of these technology executives, CEOs of companies at the highest levels. You know, these are people who have achieved very, very high things within the technology space. It's The organization is, and it's mostly made up of African Americans, and it is about leaders transforming leaders, and fostering the career growth of African American executives. So we you know the organization is about filling the pipeline of technology or IT executives who are well prepared for the C-suite. And so ITSMF and I and I'm I've been a member for some time now but currently I serve on the board of directors for ITSMF and my responsibility is strategy for the organization. And the chairman is Douglas Ash and the executive director of Viola Thompson, uh, great folks, great leadership within the organization. We are about giving back. And we are about creating an environment for these executives to be nourished, to be replenished, to be fulfilled, and given the opportunity to pull on, put on the right armor for them to go out and do battle go back to their corporations, go back to their businesses, and be extra successful because of the content that is created and that is developed as a part of the program. We get together quarterly, every quarter, and, and, and we also want to make sure that we're giving back. So we, so we make sure that those executives and our cohorts, those people who are guests, those people who have been through some of our programs who may not be members but are associated with us, are given the tools that they need to take their careers to the next level. If they're a business owner, take their businesses to the next level. So that they are, and and we want them to be armed. I mean, just really, really armed. Because we know that um, as African Americans, the road is a a little bit different for us. You know, recent news events would tell you that the road is just a little bit different for us and people of color. The road is a little bit different. So when you look at corporate America or owning your own business, there are um, definitely challenges that we experience that are unique to us. And so when you look at ITSMF as this bastion of education and personal development through our quarterly symposiums and the programming that exists there, through our management academy, which is where we want to Invite people who are right under that director level, but who need those skills in order to advance to the next level. We invite them in, and they have mentors. Mentors who are executives could be the CIO of Deloitte, uh, could be me, right? And so, those people who are part of the management academy who aren't members, that but are get going through a year-long training, in order to develop those skills that allow them to be considered for the right pipeline to be executives and ideally eventually move into the C-suite. Then we have an executive academy for people who are already at that director or vice president level who are trying to get those more rounded out business skills that push them up even further. Those programs are led by PhDs, uh, Dr. Michael McClellan, who's based out of Atlanta, Dr. Fay cobb Dayton, who's based out of Charlotte, but they've run those programs. We also have, Uh, things like uh, where people of the same discipline can get together and talk about the challenges. So for instance, security, you know, if you've got a challenge with security, I've got a friend of mine who's a member of ITSNF who just got a new job in security. He had never been done security before Mm -hmm. and he was a director and he got this, you know, he's going through his shifts within the organization and He didn't know anything about security. Now, he was going to go get training that the corporation was going to pay for, but what he was able to do is tap into the cohort of individuals within ITSMF who have done security and been doing it for years. So you see the value to a corporation that is giving you a responsibility, let's say it's security, and now you're going to be able to translate the years of experience of people who have been at uh, either our Procter Gamble or Target and we have done it before to pr- implant that wisdom on you as a member that can then help you not have to go through all the obstacles that they went through and they're better prepared and the corporation saves tons of money because now they're not making security technology security mistakes down the road. So that's part of what ITSNF does. And here's the other great thing about it. ITSNF in spite of Many CIOs and vice presidents and executive directors, and all these folks of high, lofty titles, there is absolutely no pretension within the organization, and at least the way I see it. And the people within the organization are warm and open and engaging and willing to help. And that's why we call it our family. It's my family. Because we have our own family, which we go home to every day, but we also have a family that is beyond that, who can relate to our professional challenges and our specific industry challenges. And what's exciting even more, David, is that ITSMF, we're about to launch a a creativity and and innovation uh, class that anybody can participate in where it's called right brain aerobics we're partnering with some some folks uh gp strategies being one of them partnering to put this program together that it's something we can offer to not only our members and to our um our friends and family meaning those people who are associated with ITSMF who aren't necessarily members but even beyond that where you can go through these courses and, I, and where this, I think, this is so critical, David. When you're lo- talking about IT, when you're talking about technology, creativity and innovation is critical. And so we're trying to expand our programming and our and our coursework and our academy to envelope, uh, be enveloped in this whole notion of creativity and innovation. And uh, I think ITSMF. I, I've, I've said too much already, but I could talk about ITSMF all day. It, it's it's a powerful organization that is. Trans, leaders transforming leaders that really just blows me away every time I'm, I'm, I'm around the members, and I'm so privileged to be a part of it.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that, Michael. I, I know that that uh, brief moment that I was there at the event, um, at, at the time I was bouncing in between events, um, I was at a BDPA, uh, Black Data Professionals Atlanta chapter um, of a fundraiser and networking event and the president and vice president couldn't get away so the vice president myself and Jacqueline who's in a uh, vice president of uh, education for a BDPA Atlanta chapter we shot over to that event and I had no idea what I was get going into and I was <laughs>
1: Pleasantly,
0: <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised and engaging and warm. Well, I got the engagement and I got the warmth there. Okay, <laughs> good. The good. I left my feet when in warped. Okay, but um, um, it was so <laughs> <Good>. inspiring.
1: <laughs>
0: it was so inspiring to see so many people there—African uh, Americans and uh, uh, other people of color—at that level. And I I even engaged some other friends, some longtime friends of ours um, that was in a similar line of business as Technology Expresso. And we just started uh, uh, throwing back ideas, and and she really gave me some ideas uh, to help move Technology Expresso to the next level. So I really appreciated being in that space, and I look forward to everything else that the i t s m s Forum has to offer, and I will be following um, them a lot more closely. Um, what other good events in the, I'll say, within the next three, uh, three to four months, do they have that you could share? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for asking that question. When you're looking at ITSMF, we get together quarterly, uh, the members and those who are alumni of the Management Academy uh, and guests get together quarterly in different cities. And that there's an event coming up with that, but specifically I want to say the one event that is happening uh, first is, and I think will be relevant to some of our folks who are in the uh, Atlanta area, I'm in the Atlanta area, we just had our regional event here not too long ago, and that's what David was talking about, some of the some of the outcroppings of that event. But we're having a regional networking event here in Atlanta on July 25th. Uh, and so that's in uh, basically two weeks or less than two weeks. So Atlanta regional networking event for ITSMF on July 25th. It's at going to be at the Commerce Club. And if it's something that you're interested in attending, you should go to uh, ITSMF org. that is ITSMFonline.org, and you can register for that event and attend. I would encourage anybody, everybody who's listening here, if you're looking for opportunities to grow, mature, and network, specifically the networking events, only two hours, it would be really good for you to attend. The other event that's coming up, which would be you know near and dear to our hearts, David, you and I, is uh, an event in Washington, D.C. Our quarterly event, our third quarter event, is coming up in Washington, D.C. And that event is going to be at the um, the Washington Hilton, and it's in coordination with the BDPA uh, annual event, which is going to be held at the same time. And so it's it's a partnership that we have with BDPA and we um there's there are some coordinated events, but this is a this is something we do typically every third quarter and we're excited about this and look forward to seeing some of our BDPA friends there at that event. And that's coming up on I think that's August fifteenth through the seventeenth. So that's mm-hmm. our ITSMS quarterly 3Q event, and I believe it's BDPA's annual event. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And um, I, I know that's been a great collaborative effort between uh, ICSMS and BDPA, and on behalf of BDPA, I'd like to thank the ICSMS uh, Forum family uh, for including us and uh, partnering with us. It's saying, it sounds like we are, <clears throat> we are on a similar path for uh, what we are trying to offer the community, and I look forward to our continued collaboration.
1: Absolutely, it's going to be a great event, and Washington D.C. is a great place to be. Yes, it is, <clears throat> and uh, it's a it's, it's a
0: it's a great opportunity. And BD both BDPA and the uh, the Senior Management Forum are full of individuals that love to give back. And uh, we're all always not intentionally but uh, unintentionally separate ourselves from those that uh, that watch us, even though we watch ourselves and we are our, our own worst critics, but we're our partners and our uh, uh our um our um our associates uh biggest fans as well. But uh uh, I'm just trying to segue into my next question here, which is
1: uh,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, battling with mediocrity. And mm-hmm. everyone has a battle with mediocrity and um, uh, and how it affects the decisions we make moving forward. So I'd like to get your comments and your take on that mediocrity. Uh,
1: thank you this for asking that, David. This uh, is a... Yeah, no, that's 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 it's great. Uh this is a topic that is near and dear to me. I've I've spoken about mediocrity um quite a bit and you know, I've been a guest speaker uh on this topic and and if you're interested certainly those of you wishing me to come speak on it uh I would be glad to. Um uh, and I think I'll, we'll make sure that you have my contact information if you contact the show but you know mediocrity it, it, let me let me make you know give you this quote most of our pocket wisdom is conceived for the use of mediocre people to discourage them from ambitious attempts and generally console them in their mediocrity and that was a quote by robert louis stevenson And uh, there are a number of other quotes out there that I think deal with mediocrity that have impacted me. Uh, You know, Albert Einstein said, great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. And I think that is so profound because what I believe those things, those, those people were saying is that mediocrity, whether it's in ourselves or others, gets in the way of our true success. And I think, you know, for those of you listening, whether you're going to listen to the recording or you're listening to us live, it's mediocrity. Man, I have found it to be the devil in my life. And mediocrity is all relative because what's mediocre for me may not be mediocre for you. What's mediocre for um, Bill Belichick, of the uh, Patriots, New England Patriots, the coaches of New England Patriots, who is probably one of the greatest modern-day era coaches ever, is not the same mediocrity that it is for uh, the coach of Georgia State University football team. Mm-hmm. Their definitions of mediocrity and what's personal to them are different. The expectations they have for themselves are different. Their expert, those expectations are different from the guy coaching or the gal coaching their peewee football team, uh, right? So, you know, it, all, it differs for all of us. But I think what we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing ourselves, either through self-down talk or talk from others, get in the way of our true success? I'm going to tell you a story, David, about myself and, and to your mm-hmm. listeners, if that's okay. Um, there are a number of times in my life where I personally struggle with mediocrity And question my abilities um, the, One of the times that comes to mind is when I was in graduate school at the University of Alabama I had I, I, Those of you who have been listening to this whole uh, podcast, this whole um, radio show Know that I, I, I had a great time in college and it took me a while to get out Six years for undergraduate, attended multiple schools. I had a blast. <laughs> but uh, I, I, luckily I got in shape enough in order to uh, eventually get a job, and then after you know wanting to do more, go back to school, I got a full ride to the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. for their communication program, a top ten communication program in the country. And uh, I was a uh, graduate assistant. I had a uh, got a little money every month in order to support my my needs from a uh, you know a room and board or, or apartment you know incidental living, mm-hmm. but my whole tuition was paid for. Do you know, David, that when I got there that first semester, it was so hard. It was so hard for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was almost in tears, David. And I had doubts about whether or not I was smart enough to be there. Now, granted, I had a full full ride. Mm-hmm. I already had an undergraduate degree and um, already had work experience. But I was wondering whether or not I was good enough to be there. Because some of the stuff they were talking about, I just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Some of the workload was so, so rough that I wasn't sure that I was capable of delivering. And so that first semester in graduate school, I had this bout with my confidence. And whether or not I was good enough to be there. And considered the impact of my failure. Hmm. I was ready to throw up my hands. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to do is had to get optimistic, first of all. Realize that I am smart enough to be there. And I wouldn't have gotten into the school if I wasn't smart enough to be there. I just had to work and learn. I had to do some things differently. It wasn't going to be easy. I had to reprioritize my life, and I had to focus in a different way. Mm -hmm. Luckily, those things came together, and I was blessed enough to finish the University of Alabama and uh, did it in two years uh, as a part of the normal program. I think I graduated with a 3.75 or something like that. So when you look at the profound impact of where I was in that first semester, and then, you know, taking it to the next level and actually achieving at a very high level, I was very blessed, and and I was, you know, blessed to have the encouragement and those people around me, uh, my wife in particular, and, and just, you know, thinking about, you know, how I could, you know, believe in myself a little bit differently and do the work that's associated with it to rise above mediocrity, but I was almost willing to say I wasn't good enough. So that's one incident. The other one was um, where I was uh, at a point in my career where I achieved some success, made some good money, and was very satisfied. And I was at the Weather Channel and, you know, was doing some things, but I felt like I wasn't advancing fast enough. Mm -hmm. And literally, David, literally, I had this conversation in my mind, where I said, you know what, maybe I'm not going to achieve beyond this point. Now, here's a guy who had a whole bunch of dreams to do all sorts of things and, and go to the highest level, but I reached a point where I felt like things weren't happening enough, fast enough for me. Yes. And I was ready to accept that my life and my achievements were going to stay basically where they were. And I was willing to settle for mediocrity. And so I had, so I wrestled with it and it was depressed, man. I was depressed, but I had to, I went through a period of probably a a full three months, maybe even longer than that, probably a full year. And you know what happened, David? What happened was I was this high achiever and, you know, delivering good work. And then because I was, you know, focused on this being mediocre, my productivity and excellence sell off. Yes. I got the first mediocre review that I ever had in my life. It just knocked me to my core. And I had to make a change. I had to make a change and make some, you know, decisions whether or not I wanted to be mediocre, do just enough, or did I want to excel at another level? Because, you know, you really have to push yourself each level you go or you do settle yeah. in for mediocrity, right? Yeah. So uh, I decided that I wasn't going to go out like that, man. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to go out that like that, and I was going to do some different things. And uh, you know, I did. And uh, I decided that I was going to take on a project that was difficult and deliver on it. And I did that at the Weather Channel. I decided that I was going to be a director before I was thirty-five, and I was going to shoot to be a vice president by the time I was forty. I'll tell you, David, when I shifted my brain and I did some different things, uh, I mm-hmm. completed my that major project and redeveloped me uh, through a team and led the effort to uh, redo the e-commerce system for weather.com, which is still in existence today. Seven years later, I got a job as a director at the age of 34, and I became wow. a vice president at the age of 38. And so, you know, it's just a testament I could go with, you know, there are a lot more details that I'm leaving out. uh, But really and truly, you know, it really transformed my life, my thinking. And I got to say, in all of that achievement, I still have to battle with mediocrity because our levels of mediocrity change based on the way our life has gone and where we are in our lives. So I'll, I'll leave you with on this subject without going into too much detail. I'll give people a little bit of nugget about some of the things that how you can, you know, some five steps you can use to triumph over mediocrity. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to go into detail on these. Is that okay, David? If I do that. Go ahead. Go right ahead. I'm, I've got my pen All ready. Right, so, okay. <laughs> so uh, the first thing is you got to get positive. You got to affirm yourself, right, and and get surrounded by positivity. You know, if you got a lot of negative talk in you, and you, you know people who want to be a part of your pity party, and people want to say, "Yeah, they're doing you wrong," you gotta you gotta lead them over there to the side. And sometimes that's our family, sometimes that's our you know our close friends. You gotta get positive, affirm yourself, meaning, you know what, I can do this. I am capable of more. I'm going to achieve more. Those affirming things. That's so. That's the first thing: get and surround yourself with positivity. Set goals is the second thing, and make plans. So too. Set goals and make plans. And, you know, this is easier said than done Uh, for those of you listening. If you've tried it before, I've done it a number of times. Easy to set goals, um, uh, but it's hard to execute on them. So, you know, I say set goals and make plans. We all have goals. Make those goals. If you can, write them down and make plans or reinforce them. Tell tell your goals to other people. Make those plans. So that's number two. Three, take iterative steps. You know, so get some bite-sized chunks in there. Because mm-hmm. iterative steps, the reality is it's hard to make huge leaps. And if we focus on the huge leaps, then you can get the, you can get kind of low uh, and feel maybe a little bit sad because you're not achieving it fast enough. So you've got to have some goals that are iterative in between mm-hmm. your bigger goals. And four, celebrate your success. Pat yourself on the back when you do achieve certain things. And, you know, have a party, you know. I'm not saying you have to go throw a party, but, you know, if that's what you do, you can do that. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have a party for yourself. Celebrate. A little private dance, you know. You know, I can't dance right now because I'm torn and feeling tendon, but, you know, dance around the room a little bit, <laughs> you know, and, and be excited for the things that you've achieved. And then the fifth thing is aim higher and replicate. Aim higher. Once you've achieved something, don't settle, you know, because if you settle – I don't know about you, but if I settle and I kinda of get comfortable, uh, my productivity goes down. So even when you've achieved aim higher and then replicate all of the things that we just talked about.
0: Wow. Wow, that's fascinating, Michael. I I'm going to put those into practice. Uh there are some uh sh- um goals that I have and I need to write them down and I need to stick to them. And uh as you said, uh uh Go for them in smaller steps instead of great leaps. Um, you'll, you'll find your success a lot more obtainable. Yeah, um, it's hard, David,
1: you. and I don't want to make it seem like it's easy to do because I struggle with it. Um, my friends struggle with it, even when I'm yep. helping them. Even it, It's it's your personal struggle that you, you've got to kind of, we all have to move through, and we all have to set different levels of expectation for ourselves um, and then walk towards it. It's not easy. It, it it takes work, it takes some fortitude and it takes support as well.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And it's not going to happen overnight. So that's nope. Settle in for the, let's settle in for the long haul and get to
1: it. Yep. But then but then again, you know, you you know, those overnight things, but just also keep in mind you said it you know, go for iterative steps even though you have some big goals, those iterative successes are are make you really feel good and bolster your confidence uh bolsters bolsters my confidence to say, okay, you know, I'm on the right path, man. This thing is happening. This is good yeah. stuff, man. I've got I've got some little things, nuggets that I can, you know, kind of champion.
0: So, well, that's good information, Michael, and um, I'm I'm sure our listeners will be um, appreciative of that. So, thank you for that, and uh, thank you for opening your heart and your mind to uh, your story and and some of uh, the uh, some of the uh, uh, things that that tend to help hold you back. I'm sure we all can relate to that. I could relate to a lot of what you said. Um, so uh, I thank you for sharing that, and that inspires me as well. Um, so, so Michael, I, I I know you're you're right in there with uh, we engage uh, marketing right now. Uh, what's next for Michael Buck and White? And I. You got a great name for president but as uh, you know as you keep reaching <laughs> but, uh, what, what 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 do we what what do we look for in the next say um year for Michael
1: White? Yeah that's a good question David uh, in the next year uh, I hope uh, you know I'm looking for continued success with we engage marketing and growth within that company uh looking to Bring on more consultants as we bring on more customers, and continually working the pipeline for uh, you know the growth of the company, and you know in, you know getting bringing on more customers where we can add value and help solve their problems, and, and help them with their challenges, and then bringing on more consultants to support that effort. So that on the we engage marketing front, that's where we're, look at, where we're looking at you know, over the next year. Uh, hope the goal is to double up double the growth uh, over the next year. The second thing I would say for ITSMF, which is a big part of my life, is to really help that organization, uh, our organization, ITSMF, really kind of turn the corner towards um, adding additional value even beyond what we do now so that, you know, we're able to reach and help more people. Uh, and to it, it, not to defame the Bible or, or 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 religion, but really kind of said spread what I consider the good gospel of ITSMS and uh, kind of what we're doing and helping that organization grow for greatness, not just in membership, but in quality membership and uh, also creating and, and retaining that family feel and growing the revenue associated with what we're able to do, bringing on additional sponsors. On the personal front for the next year, well, I'm on crutches now. My short-term goal is to get off these crutches. (laughs) But uh, uh, over the next year, continued growth and achievement with my family. And, you know, I've got uh, two kids, uh, Cloud and Catherine, Gabriella, and they're growing, they're young, and just seeing them, Mature And being able to spend more time with them and then with my beloved wife, Tia, to be able to spend more time with her, uh, all balancing this growth of this business, my extracurricular activities, and also the personal. Uh, Also, I would love to do more speaking engagements. I've done a few, quite a few, but to also do some more to kind of talk more about this whole notion of mediocrity and help people in that vein and then talk about a little bit of what I do and kind of some of my journey, I believe that can help. And so I've been doing some of that now. I'm going to be actually um, likely speaking in Cincinnati in September at a large corporation based out of there and speaking to a, a forum there on this same topic, topic of mediocrity, uh, Fortune 100. Fortune 50 company In the world and, um, and So I'm excited About that And doing more Engagements like that But I, I get a great Kick out of uh, Speaking to people and doing things Like what we're Doing here David And helping people Through my experience And Some of the Challenges that I've Faced in my life To kind of Hopefully get over The hump and, and be an Encouragement to them And also Be encouraged by Their stories And their triumphs
0: Well thank you For that Michael Um I'm encouraged, and I'm inspired, and I'm glad we met on a personal note, and you continue to inspire me and uh, uh, continue success. And, by the way, that last question was a special question I put in. Uh, that was uh, at a request from Tia. She wanted to see if you give her a shout-out or not. Uh.
1: <laughs> she did? I okay, say, I'm, like kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's good. That's a good question. And I think the, the value in that question is, you know, uh, wh- for everybody. What is, What is next for you? What What are you going to do? And uh, you know, what What do you want to see for your life over your next year? Because you've got to be thinking about those things.
0: Yes, it it makes uh, sometimes when I put these questions together, it really makes me look inward at myself because I, I take that question and turn it around to myself. So it. It, it, it kind of motivates me as well.
1: Oh, thank but, you, um, thank you. Yeah. Well, for your well, friendship
0: well, but, and guidance. You know, Michael, um, you can come back anytime. time. I have an open mic here, so we like um, for you to share more uh, for free, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it, David. For you, absolutely.
0: As 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 you as you build your uh, speaking chops. You know, as you get ready for your national tour. All right,
1: you got it. Absolutely, absolutely. You better believe it. Yes,
0: thank you. Thank you again. And check back. Thank every, you very uh, much for the opportunity. You're very welcome, Michael. Everyone, uh, thank you for joining us here at uh, Technology Expresso. Check back frequently for notices of our next showcase at technologyexpresso.com and here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I would like to back up and uh, give some uh, extra recognition to the keynote speaker and panelists that spoke at the uh, minority forum earlier um, this week. Mr. Dave Stewart from Worldwide Technologies and the panelists that I spoke of: Mr. Crandall Jones, Vice President of Turner Broadcasting; Greg Morrison, CIO of Cox Enterprises; Mr. Michael Noel, CTO of Mannheim. Mr. Mike Williams, Senior Vice President at FIS, and Terry Wharton, CEO at 4XOR Corporation. Uh, Once again, I thank you for attending that function. And that concludes our show for today, everyone. God bless and stay tuned. Bye-bye.